Peter wrote to people who were going through a hard time. He wrote to people who felt like, like they were separated from the other Christians. They felt alone. He wrote to people that were basically in exile. They were living in a place they didn't belong. And so it fits so well in our, in our current experience as we look at hope in the dark. Last week, we looked at chapter 1, and we, and we uh, talked about the living hope. This week, I want us to look in chapter 2, and we're very quickly going to look at a people of hope. We're going to look at people of hope, First Peter in chapter 2. And as I read through, beginning at verse 4, just listen to who you are. A little bit earlier, I talked about how God calls us names. Here is, here is an excellent example of some of the great names he calls us. If you are a believer in Christ, during this dark time, the world is telling you you're strange, you're mean, you're closed-minded, you're ignorant, you're a bigot. The world's got all this weird stuff. They don't understand Christianity at all. And they're arguing against the Hollywood version of Christianity, uh, the media-twisted understanding of who we are. And because of that, we need to remember who we are. There are a lot of voices telling us the wrong thing. So let's look at it together. Remember who you are. Here we go. Verse 4. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. Talking about Jesus. Jesus was the cornerstone. The cornerstone is the first one you lay down and then you build from that. Jesus came and he established his kingdom. He established the church, and now he is in the process of building that kingdom, building that church. But as he came as the cornerstone, they start something new to start the kingdom here as, as, as we grow to understand it, there were those who rejected him. It, it's like the construction manager that comes through and he's picking the stones to put in his building and he sees one and, and it's not what he's expecting and so he rejects it. But the contrast there is it says everybody's rejected this stone but God sees it as precious and valuable and beautiful. God knew that Jesus was going to be the cornerstone upon which to build the kingdom and to establish the church. And so he says in verse 5, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. Now that Jesus is the, is the cornerstone, God is calling each of us, the, each believer, each, each Christ follower, he's calling us as living stones and he's putting us into this spiritual building that he's building. As he's building the kingdom, it, it's not about brick and mortar. That's one of the things that we were reminded of this year. The church is not about the walls and the floor and the, and the building. We are a building, a spiritual building. He's in the process of building his church. And each one of us is a living stone in that living building. And he has placed us where he wants us to be. Again, in verse 5, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. 
Understand that if you are a believer, then he is made of you a holy priest. Holy means separate, different. You are a holy priest if you're a Christian. In other words, every believer is a minister. You are a priest. And that means two things for us. One, since I'm a priest, that means I can go directly to God. I can talk to him. I can relate to him. I can depend on him. I can trust him. I, I, can, I can pray to him. I can hear from him. I can deal directly with God because I am the priest. I don't need someone else to go to him on my behalf like they did in the Old Testament. But not only does it mean that I have a direct and personal relationship with him, it also means that I have a, have a, a calling, a responsibility. I'm a priest. Therefore, I have a ministry. And the same thing is true of every believer. If you have trusted in Christ, God has brought you into his kingdom. You are a priest. You have a ministry. I don't know where it, what it looks like. I, I don't know what you're called to, but he gave you gifts and he puts you in the right spot in this living building, this living church, and he made you a priest with a specific ministry. Beloved, you need to remember who you are a holy priesthood. And then he goes on to say, what would that priest do? To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, they sacrificed physical sacrifices. They would bring real critters and kill them and put them on the altar. And then they'd burn them up. Well, you and I no longer kill real critters as a sacrifice but as priests, we continue to sacrifice to God. We sacrifice in our tithe, in our time. We sacrifice ourselves. Romans 12. We sacrifice through our praise and our worship. We are a royal, a holy priesthood, and we make spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Well, the next few verses, he shows us how he bases all that on Old Testament scripture for sake of time. Let us jump to verse 9. He says, you are a chosen race. Remember who you are, beloved. The world is telling you you're something that you're not. Remember who you are. He says, you are a chosen race. You're a specific group of people people who are believers, people who are Christ followers. You're God's kids. You're a chosen race. And notice it means, it says he chose you. We use the terminology that, that we accepted Christ. And that's absolutely true. But friends, you could not accept Christ until he first chose you. You see, you were spiritually dead and dead people can't do anything. He made you alive. He chose you and he made you alive. He brought you to life. And when he brought you to life, then you had the spiritual ability to choose him. He chose you first, enabling you to accept him. You're a chosen race. Not only are you a chosen race, but he says you're a royal priesthood. Earlier, he said we're a holy priesthood, which means we're separate from the world. We're different from the world that doesn't understand Jesus. But now he says you're a royal 
priesthood. Not only are you separate from everyone else, but you're a royal priesthood. Why? Because you serve the king. You're related to the king. You're the king's kids. As the king's kids, you are a priesthood serving him. You're a royal priesthood. You are, it says, a holy nation. Again, holy means different. It's referring back to the time that Israel was surrounded by all kinds of godless nations who didn't believe, didn't trust Yahweh, and Israel was different in that way. Now the church is that different Israel. We are the holy nation that is separate, different from the rest of the world around us. He goes on to say, a people for his own possession. Remember, he loves you, he possesses you. In other words, you are in his hand and you can't fall out, you can't jump out and can't nobody take you out. When you're in his hand, you are his possession. You are, you are a people of his own possession. Remember who you are, beloved. He says the reason you're, a whole, you're, you're in his possession, um, I'm in the last half of verse 9. So that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The reason he's done these things is so that you can tell the rest of the world what he did in your life. When you stand out in the world around you, people look at you and they say, man, that guy must have some kind of God. There's something special about his God that makes him so special. He says, uh, that, he says uh, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who did that. Then remember who you are, beloved. Look at verse 10. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Means once you were not a people, it, there was a time when you were on your own. You were all by yourself. But when you came to Christ, he made you a part of the body. He put you together as the church. He put you together as family. We call each other brother and sister because we have the same daddy. He put you together as a people. You haven't always been a people, but now you are a people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And because of his mercy, you're not who you used to be. You're not who the world says you are. Remember who you are in Christ. Dear God, we thank you for making us your people. Thank you for making us priests in a dark world. Thank you for making us the light that shines in a way that, that points people in your direction. God, we pray. We urgently beg you that you would help us to strengthen our bonds as a people, as a, as a nation, as the chosen. Lord, help us that we, in this day that is so dark, that we might be your church in a way that makes people around us say, I want that kind of life. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be that light on a hill, that you would help us to be your people in a way that perhaps we've never experienced before. We pray for it in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen.